0: Radio Influence, podcasting redefined.
1: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Dark to Light podcast with
2: Friday, Friday, Rainy Val and
1: Sunny, Sunny Beans. I swear, if you are not on the locals for Uncover DC, <laughs> you are really missing out.
2: Yes. Well, although I do have another question for you. Uh-oh. Because I know you're not feeling too well. But, um, you know, so Aurora is not in school. Yeah. Yeah. And she's had a couple of colds here and there, stuffy noses with this, you know, whatever. There was one day she had a low grade fever for, about, you know, however long. And she kicked that, too. But it's nothing like uh, you know, going and sitting in a, a cesspool yeah. of uh, of other children. And, of course, all of their that that means that it's just a one degree of separation from their parents. Terrible hygiene. So my question here is this, because. Do you actually gain any immunity or is it just one long tidal wave of sickness? Because all I hear, all I hear from people is, oh, we're sick again, running through the house. Is it the same illness or is it different illnesses?
1: There's no way to really know. I mean, three weeks ago, maybe almost four now, Will was sick this same exact way after not being not being sick for, gosh, years years and years and years. So it's, it's just, it's very, it's very weird. I don't know what it is. He, he's going, he's at the doctor now. So we'll figure he wants, he just wants to make sure that like it's not lung involved or he doesn't need antibiotics and he doesn't like the, the virtual visits. So he's just going into the office, which is very weird nowadays. Um, But anyway, so. So I think that honestly, like, especially when you're a kid, like you have to be exposed to all these different pathogens and germs to build up immunity to them in whatever way you're going to. And then as you get older, you don't, you don't get sick as much. Got you. But you can get strep, you know, a couple of times. It's a bacteria. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, eh, what I, it's just, everything now I think is so hyper-focused that like when it's just a cold, people are like, what is this? Is this something worse than a cold? Or is it just a cold? Like like. We'll keep saying, I think I might just have a really bad cold, but it's weird for me to get a bad cold after I just had a bad cold three weeks ago.
2: That's the thing. That's the thing is when you get these one, two punches, you just don't. And, and, and as we always say, we just live in a time of ridiculous levels of anxiety now. So
1: it, and that's not good for your immune system either.
2: <laughs> no, it's not. That puts a that's a stress on the chain.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I like to consider myself a very non like I handle huge life events with relative calm and patience and ease, but not everybody's like that. So.
2: Right. <sighs> so what else is going on?
1: Okay. So I want to talk about a, a bunch of different things today, but I want to talk uh, for a little bit of time about the Johnny Depp case. Okay. I know you did it on your show. You talked about really. it.
2: Not really. I, I, I know it's going on in the background, but uh, I, and, and listen, I, I understand that. That to a degree, there is something very important. Uh, there is something very important aside from the celebrity hijinks situation going on there uh, from a a uh, believe all women all the time standpoint. I, I understand that there is that level to it. But I guess I guess the the circus. Yep. Just just re- repulsed me. Yep. So I I didn't pay too much attention.
1: So as somebody who did, like I had told people I was, you know, basically watching this as my guilty pleasure And because I'm a legal buff and I love to watch court cases and stuff. And this one was just so terrible that like I was drawn to it at nighttime. I would sit there and listen to it on two X every night, listen to the day's hearings and just sit there gobsmacked at what I was hearing from the Amber Heard side. Right now, there was a lot of quote evidence, supposedly, that didn't make it into this case because the judge barred it for whatever reason. And it was hard to find the court docs because it was a Virginia court and it wasn't, you know, it was a civil suit and it was. It was just it wasn't available on Pacer, from what I know. Anyway, mm. long story short, the verdict in this case is so much more than just Johnny Depp is now vindicated and he wins fifteen million dollars or eight million at the end of the day. It's so mm. much more than that, and that's the reason why I was so drawn to it because as the trial went on, I saw, by reading comments and listening to people's you know videos and all kinds of other stuff, a bunch of different things happened. Number one. Law tube, meaning the Rikita laws of the world that we have listened to for a lot. Well, I have for a long time, you know, because they do analysis of cases that are important to us about things, picked up millions upon millions upon millions of viewers. Right. Yep. People were seeing through the. They wanted like they wanted to hear analysis of what everything meant. And they didn't want to just watch the case. They wanted to hear the, the constant analysis. So some of these streams had like, you know, five hundred thousand to a million people watching at any given time. And the mainstream media was out there with their believe all women. Amber Heard is innocent, you know, didn't do any of these things narrative. But these people were seeing with their own eyes via these streaming channels and everything else. What what was actually going on? And so it caused an an absolutely immense distrust of the mainstream media. And
2: as it, Absolutely, yeah.
1: Yeah, as it went on Frank, I saw it more and more and more. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this. They said X Y and Z and I'm seeing clearly in front of my face it's Y. I don't I mean it's uh it's it's W. Why in the hell are they doing this? Why are they lying to us? And so it was like this huge red pill The mainstream media couldn't control the narrative because there were so many, so many other people doing their own work on it. And, you know, well, well, they tried to come out and say all these people were like victim shaming and blah, blah, blah. The woman was not a victim. She just wasn't like victims. Don't accuse, Don't taunt their 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 assaulter or abuser. and, And like they don't taunt him. They don't. You know what I mean? Like they're just things that just whatever. Not getting into nitty gritty of the case. But. Once it was once it was over, by the time it was over, all of these people that used to be the believe all women, Hollywood sycophant, you know, um, this that's who was watching this Hollywood sycophants, the people who don't care about normal everyday life, but will like lavish over TMZ. It was these people who were now just completely wide awake to the fact that nobody that they thought even TMZ tells them the truth and that they've been lied to about everything and that. Maybe believe all women is really not such a great idea.
2: Yeah, well, I I, well, just like we were doing with the with the uh, the Trump thing and Russia as time was going on and it was a very commonly asked question, if this could be done to a president of the United States in front of everybody, what's being done to the common man and woman? Yep. And this is uh, this hopefully, hopefully, if this did inspire some people to. To want to change the the culture a little bit, then they need to go into all these. Diff- it, it is crazy what is stacked against men in this country when it comes to no fault divorce, child custody laws, everything. I mean, for, you know, we we talk about how we have to smash the patriarchy. The patriarchy, if there ever was one, has been put into the uh, the, the gimp suit from Forrest Gump. not from Forrest Gump, from Pulp Fiction. That it is just. It's ridiculous. So, um, and and not to say that there aren't many women who get the shit out of the stick from terrible men, but things have got to be Even they, they've got to be balanced. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is this is ideological warfare that's going on, and perhaps that's one of the best things that can come out of something like this. But people got to realize that uh, Johnny Depp he was able to to get through this, and it was able to become some sort of a cultural socio-entertainment phenomenon, but there's a lot of men and women, I guess, out there suffering just because of, I don't know.
1: Preconceived norms.
2: Yeah, yes.
1: That aren't norms. It's crazy because there's a comment underneath the CBS video of this woman, um, the Herd's attorney, one of the most inept attorneys I've ever seen in my entire life. Her name is Elaine. And she, she's just, she was just terrible. I mean, terrible. This comment says this. Because they're all saying like this woman is sitting up here in this interview telling us that Johnny Depp was an abuser and Amber Heard, you know, was telling the truth and everything that they know now to be absolutely false. And CBS is just like, yeah, we feel so bad for her. And the people in the comments that are all like entertainment buffs are all saying, guys, they're just lying to us. All of the comments are like this. This woman actually makes my skin crawl. How can she honestly sit there and say that Amber was never abusive to Johnny? There was a mountain of evidence, but that evidence proved her client was the abuser, not the abused. So they're basically calling her out for lying, whereas in the past it would have been like slow clap stand. But this comment, this comment got me. Everyone who watched this now knows what Trump supporters felt like for six years as they implored people to understand the facts behind the Spygate case. And they all acted like we were the ones who did something wrong. The media lied, the FBI lied, the Democrats lied. They were just like Amber and her attorneys. I hope you all make the parallel.
2: Wow. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, oh.
2: yeah, absolutely. Just just what I said.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, you know, like and, you know, everybody like a lot of people are like, oh, poo, 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 poo this. I spent a lot of time going back and forth with people to show them parallels because Rather than shun these people, you need to embrace and teach them. You you have to teach them. You have to say, I know, I know you've been lied to your whole life. We're so sorry here. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. It is the perfect moment to open their eyes to everything else. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Because they're sitting there like everything this woman's lying in my face and I know it now. And now they're all the left, like a lot of the left in the, in their hoity toity, holier than thou are thing. we should never televise these things. I'm like, Oh yeah, of course. Now you want to take cameras out of the courtroom.
2: Yeah. Sure. We shouldn't. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe they thought that this was safe enough to televise because as we, as we said, that was part of the, the reason why I had such disdain for the popularity of this, of this trial is, is the, the quickness with which they, they rushed the Ghislaine Maxwell out of the public consciousness. I mean, you know, I know that she she got a, a guilty verdict, but I mean, not one of her clients. They, they thought it would be too racy to have any of her clients exposed. I, I so, know. yeah, for that to be rushed out of the public consciousness in like two weeks and mostly under the guise of a covid outbreak in New York. And they wanted the jurors to be safe. It, that That just gave me a little bit. I was just a little bit resentful of that. But still, um, yeah, I I understand that there's something to be taken away from this. And it was so obvious what was going on in the beginning. I watched 30 seconds of this woman's demeanor and I said, oh, she is Satan. Absolutely. Oh,
1: yeah, she's I mean, she's terrible. Like they had all these body language experts and all kinds of people climbing out of the woodwork to do their thing on this case. Right. And I'm like, you don't need a body language expert. You really don't. Like if you have a brain inside your head and you have two eyeballs, you can see that this woman is full of her. She's full of crap, like just full of crap. I'm sorry. And some of it was so bad and they'd catch her in her lies and she'd keep on lying. It was incredible. Like this woman should be in jail for perjury at this point with what, what she did on the stand. But anyway, that's that culture battle won. Now it's up to us to keep it going because there will be like that's why I keep saying we're winning the culture war right now. We're actually fighting it at least for once. Between Netflix dropping all of their freaking woke employees and telling them go work somewhere else if you don't like it here to everything going on, like in the world of comedy right now. And, you know, all of it, the little hyper sensitive ninnies doing their temper tantrums outside and (sighs) we're going to move to gun control.
2: Oh, great. No, it's true. I I think that we're I think at least a new front. A new front in a uh, in a culture war has started. That that's uh, that's that's evident. That is evident. And I and in a, in in same ways, I know that there are people that are noticing that similar tactics are being used with the gun control topic too. So it, it makes no sense.
1: I have a question. Yeah. Do you think that um, these like because we're seeing it every day now? Mass shooting. Mass shooting. Mass shooting like there was another one and then they talk about it until the vic, the the perpetrator doesn't match what they want the perpetrator to match and then they change the subject
2: well it's either, well it, it, the, the thing is if it's a black shooter they completely bury it as long as it is hispanic to white and they're light enough then they will just fixate on on how the, the, you know the children are dying and we need to we need to just get rid of the guns Uh, If it's a black shooter, then you'll just get the headline about, well, there's been another shooting and then you don't see it anymore. And they fixate on the one that has all of those boxes checked like you talked about.
1: Yeah. So do you think that what's going on right now is that they're just reporting on every single one of these that happens when before they would ignore them more? Or do you think that there are actually more things happening because the minions have been activated?
2: Um, I think it's cyclical. As far as what they consider a mass shooting goes, you know, four or more people that that is something that is so uh, prevalent in in inner cities, gang related stuff. Remember, just always remember that when they talk about gun violence, the the Obama administration uh, tapped the CDC to do a study on this. And what they came back with did not help out the the gun grabber idea, the gun grabber. Mission at all. Yeah. About 30,000 gun related deaths every year. Two thirds of those suicide. And then much of the last 10,000 is all from from gang warfare. And in Democrat cities. Yeah, pretty much. It's just it's just just the way it is. And um, but this is cyclical to take away. I always say if you look at what we are set up with in our culture it's a society that over multi multiple generations has been um, designed to produce tragedy after tragedy. And all you have to do if you're in the media is wait for it to happen and then you can exploit it. And through your exploitation, you will also trigger other lunatics to want to copycat and one up because everybody's medicated. Everybody is is uh, is on the uh, the fringes of sanity right now. And it's that's just one aspect. We 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 don't we don't have even time to go into the CIA aspect.
1: Oh, yeah, I know. I know.
2: So, yeah, this is. By the way, uh, Bilderberg
1: is meeting in Washington, D.C. right now. Just letting you know.
2: I heard. I heard.
1: You know, us conspiracy theorists who've been talking about the Bilderberg group since way back in the 90s with the Alex Jones.
2: Since way back.
1: (sighs) Way back. Way back. You know,
2: it's it's just everybody it's increasingly more important to realize that whenever they say how many more kids have to die, it's not a rhetorical question or a political statement, but rather it's it's a threat. They will do anything to take the guns. You have to understand that it's it's, it's that the only simple. thing
1: stopping them at this point. That's the last thing stopping them.
2: Well, here you know what, Tracy. I know that this is a little bit more conspiracy, um, conspiracy fringe fringe theory talk, but I'll I'll shoulder that weight. I had a I had a screenshot that I took and I brought onto my show on on for either Tuesday or Wednesday show. And it's a screenshot from a a thread that I was reading through and it was from the the 24th of May, the day of the shooting in Texas. And here's what they said. <clears throat> this anon writes, after a few decades of living in this world, you develop a, a sixth sense for sensing patterns, blatant bullshit and probability especially if you happen to have a brain that was geared toward these things to begin with these frequent killings of groups of random innocent people simply aren't possible people in the u.s if they and and that's not to say that people aren't dying by the way okay um but but this pattern being a natural thing people in the u.s if they're actually going to arrive at a point where they're killing they're willing to kill a group of people are many thousands of times more likely to kill a group of people that they feel engaged in injustice against them or people that they know and care about. If, they, if these random mass killings were legitimate, they would, be, they would simultaneously be many thousands of times more killings and bombings in pol- of politicians, CEOs, bosses in meetings, malpractice doctors, uh, churches involved in molestation, police departments, etc. Killings of random people in schools, movie theaters, restaurants, and such would be virtually non-existent in comparison. But if the CIA were staging events to scare people into believing that they're not safe anywhere, and that people, uh, and that police state expansion in support of military invasions is needed to keep them safe, well, then what we're currently seeing is exactly what you'd expect to see.
1: I don't see how it's conspiratorial to have that thought right now. Like I, like we said last time we were together. If you don't want us to think these things, then stop doing weird shit like stop. Lo- you know what I mean? Like they're, they're everything is weird. Like now all of a sudden, Uvalde school district's not cooperating with the um, the investigation. Like, yeah. w- what are we supposed to think? This clip just right here that I had queued up before Louis Gohmert's five minutes that I think we should listen to because it's freaking incredible. Here it is. Listen to this. This is what we, we talked about this the first day, Mike and I, and I did some math. But here is it's better here.
3: So the Texas shooter had a Cyber Dynamics M four, that's twelve hundred dollars. He had a Daniel Defense M four, that was twenty seven hundred dollars. He had magazines for every round they had that was what do you say it was we figured that was a thousand for the magazine? Thousand
1: for magazines. This is an army guy, by the way. He has
3: sixteen hundred rounds. Five five six, a dollar a round. Unless you're shooting three hundred out, then it's even more expensive. So five five six, he had sixteen hundred rounds. That's sixteen hundred dollars on top of that. He had a handgun. They haven't said what kind of handgun he had. So I'm pretty sure he had ammo with that. Just just in case, throw another hundred bucks into that. A handgun, anywhere from I say three to nine hundred. We'll say six hundred just to be exact. Uh, plate carrier with no plates. That's two hundred. That's adds up plus with tax over nine thousand dollars. How did a eighteen year old, no job, no credit,
2: get all that? Uh, not only that, not that he, he had to get it. Uh, if, uh, apparently, he committed to doing the shooting two days after his 18th birthday. So, oh, not only, <laughs> so he he would have to he would have had to put in. And they said that it was all that he was getting all this stuff, this Daniel defense weaponry. But there was no distributors around where he could have gone and done that. Um, so pretty much he would have had to put in some kind of mail orders. For pickup five days before his 18th birthday, on top of the fact that he was working part time at Wendy's and this is all the money he had. My first credit card, they gave me a limit of like four hundred dollars. I know. No. And, and and Tracy, it gets even deeper than that. It's I don't know. You don't want
1: to do this because you've been so conditioned that like it. it but you, there are too many questions. There are too many freaking questions.
2: Okay, here's a here's a uh, here's a something I didn't use on the show. I can use right now. This is from this is a story from 2017. All right, uh, Ezra Klein did a little thread about it not too long ago, but maybe like over a year and a half ago. But this this story happened in 2017. This is the
1: two kids that threatened to shoot up the school. No. Okay.
2: Here you go. This is a completely insane. This is completely insane. Ezra Klein writes. The FBI catfished a suicidally depressed pizza delivery guy. The agent catfishing him repeatedly tried to get him to commit a terrorist act. He repeatedly talked he repeatedly talked her out of it. So they arrested him on gun possession charges. The judge gave him an unusually long sentence because of the past homicidal fantasies he had admitted to or made up, who knows, in his conversations, even though when the FBI agent tried to convince him to make them realities he tried to talk her out of hurting other people. Yeah. I, so yeah. basically FBI was looking for possible terrorists, found a guy who was committed even under duress when he then mentally, or oh, he was mentally unstable, lonely, and trying to impress a woman to talk to, to talking possible terrorists out of terrorist acts. And then they arrested him. It's lunacy. It's a 2017 story. There's so many more like this yeah. because remember Tracy, the entire domestic terrorism budget came from f- uh, years of framing young impressionable Muslim boys. All right. So entrapment is, is and that on top of psychological operations is the bread and butter of their public budgets.
1: It's so gross.
2: Yes, yes. Yes. And, and, and children, people, random people are dying all over the place.
1: Yeah. It's, it's so gross. And I mean, this stuff is not look, look, just look no further than Michigan. You know what else we found out? I, I just realized this. I had no idea that this had happened. The pulse nightclub shooter. The wife of the pulse nightclub shooter was on trial as an accomplice. They uncovered that the pulse nightclub shooter's father was a long time uh, human source or working source with the freaking FBI. So there's it's always, it's always like look at the World Trade Center bombing. For goodness sakes, like they I I don't know, whatever. Here. This is now Louis Gohmert yesterday. I, I just loved this because he was so honest about everything. Um, the way he said this, it's again, it's five minutes long. I just want to say something. This is a Forbes clip. OK, Forbes on YouTube. There are one point six thousand comments. I read through maybe hundred hundred and fifty. Not one anti-Gomert comment or anti-Republican comment on the video. Not one. One hundred and thirty seven thousand views on this hmm. here.
2: General Mills back for our purposes. Mr.
4: Garmin seek recognition. Who the hell is that? Nadler. is recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I don't think uh, that it's very effective for the children to have people on the other side of the aisle come in and accuse Republicans of being complicit in murder and that we put our right to kill over others' right to live, to infer by rhetorical supposed questions, who are you here for, we must be here for the gunman, is an outrage. How dare you? You think we don't have hearts? It's just that when we look at the things that you're doing, and you're trying to do to America. We've seen the carnage. I mean, for heaven's sake, let's let's take example. Democrats control the major cities that have the worst murder rates. That's right. Your ideas have been shown to get people killed. Are you here for the murders, the murderers in Chicago? in Philadelphia, in these other major cities, because you're wanting to do nationally what is being done by Democrats in those big cities. We care about people. We care about their lives. And lives have been so trivialized. We care deeply. How dare you? How dare you? You arrogant people attributing murder To those of us that want to do things to stop it, because we've seen what your ideas do, they create more murder. Okay, let's look. Rochester, New York. These are cities that set the all time high homicide rates in 2021. This is what you're shooting for, apparently, figuratively speaking. Rochester, New York, uh, they had a record homicide rate of 80. Not that big of a city. Philadelphia 524 last year, Uh, and by the way, all of these are are Democrat mayors, Louisville, Kentucky hit a homicide, high homicide rate, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Austin, Texas, Indianapolis, St. Paul, Portland, Albuquerque, Tucson, Columbus, Jackson, Mississippi, Atlanta, New Haven, those are all Democrat ideas they control. They've done so many of the things that Democrats in this committee want to do. We're not alleging you don't care. We're just telling you that your ideas have gotten people killed, not saved lives, for heaven's sake. And then you want to be arrogant and accuse us of murder and of not caring? We care. And if if you could just possibly Get off any kind of arrogant stepladder that allows you to look down on us and look back historically. Thomas Jefferson was not at the Constitutional Convention, but, but he said in a letter, if I could change one thing, it would be to require bills to be on file for a year before they're voted on. Because he understood the mistakes that are made when you rush and make big decisions out of emotion. That's what we're trying to prevent so that we can save lives and keep people from being killed. For heaven's sake, I I think back historically, we had a president in Franklin Roosevelt that on D-Day led the country in a six to eight minute prayer for our troops and now we had a president come on after Uvalde, and and he used God's name in vain. Most of us would consider it. it was used as an interjection, not as a source from whom to beg for wisdom, like this country did for most of our history. Since the '60s, we really started having these mass shootings. It,
1: it he keeps going; it's longer, but
4: that's
2: that's, uh, that's a that's great point. On Wednesday night, I was talking about the Why since the 60s? Oh, boy. Well, that's uh, There's yeah, a lot That's there. where we are now.
1: There's a lot there. The fact that we're talking here today, the two of us, is brought to you by ExpressVPN, Frank.
2: Oh, well, thank God.
1: Yeah. Have you ever heard of data brokers? No. Oh, boy. Think about True the Vote. This is interesting. They're the middlemen collecting and selling all the digital footprints you leave online. They stitch together detailed profiles, which include your browsing history, online searches and your location data. And then they sell it. They sell it to a uh, company who delivers you a targeted ad. You don't think it's a big deal, right? But you might be surprised to learn that these same data brokers are also selling your information to the Department of Homeland Security in the IRS.
2: Not surprised at all.
1: I don't want the tax man showing up at my door because of some search I did on my phone. So. To mask my digital footprints and keep my privacy, I protect myself with ExpressVPN. One of the easiest ways for brokers to aggregate data and tie it back to you is through your device's unique IP address, which also reveals information about your location. But when you're connected to ExpressVPN, your IP address is hidden, which makes it much more difficult for data brokers to identify who you are. It also encrypts 100% of your network traffic to keep your data safe from hackers on public Wi-Fi. And that's why I have the ExpressVPN app downloaded on all of my devices, my phone, my computer, my, my, my home Wi-Fi router even has it. And I tap a button, I turn it. On and I'm protected. It's that easy. So, guys, make sure your online activity and data is protected with the best VPN money can buy. Visit ExpressVPN.com slash light right now and get three extra months for free through the special link for the show. That's expressvpncom slash dark to light. Expressvpn.com slash dark to light to learn more. Yes. So thank you. And they're right. And we did a whole big breakdown because we Had an article up at Uncover DC by Cognitive Carbon that explained how all of this data stuff that um, True the Vote has done, purchasing that data, how and how how it works, like how your phone does it and how precise it is. And it was a really, really great column. So this is very timely that ExpressVPN can help people with that, by the way. Yes. There was a lot more coming out of our Republican congressmen and women in uh, that hearing about lowering the age for. The purchasing of a weapon to or raising, I'm sorry, to to um 21, and a lot of like guys, guys, y- you wanted to lower the voting age to 16, and you're now saying 18 year olds can't like you send 18 year olds off to fight in war. Are we are we abusing the undeveloped minds of our children and 18 year olds by sending them off to war? Like,
2: I know, <sighs> I know, but they don't, but that's that's the whole thing here they don't they don't care they don't care i i know that louis gomer probably has to be a little there, there's probably somebody out there that 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 feels strongly about and they they want to help and they're just very foolhard foolhardy in their their approach but there are many others that know that there's a mission to be accomplished and uh un, un, unless we take care of this gun issue or make some kind of impact in the united states and it's going to be very hard to really Firmly assimilate us into the world vision of all those creeps out there in Davos, which that was the real what was going on in the background last week at Davos and the plans and all of the the the, the visions that were being previewed. It was it was incredible. Yeah, it was really incredible.
1: Yeah, there were also a few misrepresented
2: clips coming out of that stuff, too. I know one of them got me and it's very rare that it does.
1: Yeah. It, it, listening to it, I said, it's just so unbelievable that they, it, there's something wrong here. It was just too, 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 too far outside. No, but, the,
2: the only one that the only one that was that I, I really found was the, the Borla from, from Pfizer talking about reducing the world population by 50%.
1: That's the one I'm talking about.
2: Yeah. That, that's everything else. The reason why it's believable is because they're, They're talking in that vein the whole the entire time. And to be honest, um, the the thing that that might make you quirk a brow when you when he says something like that is, well, 50 percent, that's not that's not high enough. Uh, We know that they want to take out much more than 50 percent. So, yeah, that one got me.
1: Speaking of which, by the way, um, there is so much coming out on the vaccine front right now. And then we'll move to uh, to election fraud. OK, so uh, what's her name? A- Natalie, I want to say Wood. Um, who's that? Who's Naomi? Naomi
2: Wolf. Naomi Wolf.
1: That's her name, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. She did a piece. Um, I'm just trying to find it. Hold on. I'm going to pause this real quick. OK, it's the title of this column is Dear Friends. Sorry to announce a genocide. Oof. And the subheader is it's really true. They know they are killing babies. And it starts off, I've been silent for some weeks, forgive me. The truth is, I've been rendered almost speechless or the literary equivalent of that because recently I've had the unenviable task of trying to announce to the world that indeed a genocide or what I've called clumsily but urgently a baby die off is underway. The War Room Daily Clout Pfizer Document Research Volunteers, a group of 3,000 highly credentialed doctors, RNs, biostatisticians, medical fraud investigators, lab clinicians and research scientists, have been turning out report after report, as you may know, to tell the world what is in the 55,000 internal Pfizer documents which the FDA had asked a court to keep under wraps for 75 years. The lies revealed are stunning. And if you want to find all of the volunteers' reports, they're on dailyclout.io. Pfizer. Have you read read them? No, not yet. Um, Not yet. Pfizer and the um, FDA knew by December 2020 that the mRNA vaccines didn't work, that they waned in efficacy and presented vaccine failure. One side effect of getting vaccinated, uh, as they knew, by one month after the mass rollout was covid Pfizer knew in May of 2021 that 35 minors hearts had been damaged a week after mRNA injection, but the FDA Uh. rolled out the EUA for teens a month later anyway, and parents didn't get a press release from the U.S. government about heart harms until August of 2021 after thousands of teens were vaccinated. Pfizer and then the FDA, because many of the documents say FDA confidential at the lower boundary, knew that contrary to what the highly paid spokesmodels and bought off physicians were assuring people. The mRNA spike protein and lipid nanoparticles didn't stay in the injection site in the deltoid, but went within 48 hours into the bloodstream from there to lodge in the liver, spleen, adrenals, lymph nodes. And if you're a woman in the ovaries, there's more and more and more. And it goes down into breastfeeding moms and pregnant moms. And, you know, she just basically stands there. And the last I mean, it's so long. The column is worth every second that it takes to read. Um, And she goes into. Bible verse at the end because she says there they're, I've been reading the Bible a, a lot more lately. Um because I I don't know what else to do.
2: That's that's her, her
1: This paragraph. I'm not saying this is exactly like finding evidence of Dr. Mengele's experiments, but I'm saying with these findings that now the comparison is not excessive. The anti-humans at Pfizer speaking at the World Economic Forum, these anti-humans at the FDA knowing what they know are targeting the miraculous female body with its ability to conceive, gestate, birth, and nurture life. They're targeting the female body's ability to sustain a newborn human being with nothing but itself. They're targeting the amniotic membrane, the ovaries that release the ovum. They're targeting the lymph and the blood that help support the building up of mother's milk. They're targeting the fetus in utero, helpless. They're targeting the human fetus's very environment, one of the most sacred spaces on this earth, if not the most sacred, and they know it. Hmm. It's heavy.
2: That's very heavy, especially when someone comes to the someone comes to the conclusion that all you have left to do is read the Bible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And who this person is and how they made this this transformation. And, you know, we did a column the other day. um, It's actually Robert Barnes's case. Now, the FDA, the whistleblower that had come forward about the trials That the FDA was doing and how flawed they were Pfizer's trials and and, you know, Pfizer came back and said, well, no, actually, you can't come after us for having to follow the federal rules of acquisition in this because we were doing this under the rules for a prototype. So the whole entire thing is basically has been a a ruse to I don't know what their end goal has been um, other than to kill people like I can't come up with anything. They're about to announce that. These vaccines are, are, are fine for five-year-olds and under. I, I can't even fathom. It's terrible. Man. It's terrible. And then, I know. And then, Frank. Yes. And then there is the uh, CISA report. We, we briefly spoke about this on Wednesday. Well, not briefly. We did a little bit on it. That comes out and says that Dominion machines are hackable and 16 states really need to watch their asses. In this election and Emerald Robinson comes out with the story today um, about what's going on in a Georgia election right now.
2: You mean the primary?
1: It was the primaries that were just held um, looking for the uh, the column she does about what's going on right now. I'm going to find it because she goes through. They they had to do a hand recount in a Georgia primary Um DeKalb County released the results of a hand count in the District 2 county commissioner's primary race, and the hand count revealed such massive discrepancies between the machine results and the hand count that it flipped the race. um, 12,639 votes in all for all candidates in the race. The machines did not count 2,810 votes at all from Election Day. That's 20% of the total votes that disappeared. So this is
2: in this is in the election where Kemp got like one point two million votes.
1: This is in, something. Yeah, it's in that primary day. Yes. But okay. but at precinct level, the only reason that this was ever exposed is because the candidate, one of the candidates, Michelle Long Spears, took pictures of the precinct level results and showed them to the local media. And the results showed that she was getting zero votes, zero in her own precinct, zero. So obviously she voted for herself. So mm. she's like, how is this possible that nobody, not even me and my family who live with me, voted for me in my own primary? How is that possible? Are you ready for the best part of the story, says Emerald Robinson? Yes. It's a primary race for Democrats.
2: Oh. Uh-huh. So 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 then what? So was it a Democrat that wasn't was too independent? I think it like a, I, I don't I don't get it then.
1: There was fraud in a Democrat primary race and they called it out and it, it was machine voting. And so <laughs> I'm
0: but, but sp-
2: have, in that in that race, it's been identified. Have have they has there even been even a, a light juxtaposition of both of the candidates that are against each other? Like why? Why the one who was the beneficiary of? Oh, the I don't fraud know. may have been the beneficiary compared to the other one to independent thinking to what?
1: I I don't know. I don't know anything about the cat candidates themselves or why this could have been, or if one of them was an establishment person that they wanted in or what, or if it was just Frank that the machines fricking suck. And there was no big master plan to keep someone out. Yeah. But this report that CISA has, the judge ordered it under seal for a a year. So Mm. they've known this for a full damn year. I guess they figured Oh, by the time we release it, everyone will have moved on. Or what I said on Joe Pags last night and on the show, which was they're dropping this now to raise all the they're willing to let us gloat about how we were right in order to be able to put up question marks about the about the 2022
2: midterms. I know. <laughs> I know it is. It's like living inside a tornado. It, or it, or or that those moments of confusion after the uh, a big wave on Myrtle Beach beats you into the sand and you don't know which direction is up.
1: It's 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 just something else. I swear it's really it's really something you're like sitting back watching all this like seriously. Seriously, I. I.
2: I... Well, there was a, a quote last night that I read from from bill cooper because bill cooper was my badass of the night you know on uh, you know june is badass awareness month on quite quite frankly every night there's a new badass that is from history that's in put into spotlight and one of the quotes that i read from him it was taken from behold a pale horse was that the general rule is that there is profit in confusion the more confusion the more profit therefore the best approach is to create problems and then offer the solutions. And, uh, and what can you say about our times if not confusing?
1: Yeah, I'd say ridiculously confusing. Do you, um, what do you
2: think? Go, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. no I, I,
1: nothing important. Go ahead.
2: Well, I was going to ask you, what do you think about, about what is continued to be gleaned from the Hunter laptop thing? Have I you haven't you seen, seen
1: anything coming out from the Hunter laptop thing.
2: Well, at this point, at this point, it's just more so personal stuff. Like there is, there, there was a, they found. I don't know if this was part of the laptop, but just recently they found that he had lied on a gun background check, so he can, so he can uh, get a a handgun in D.C. or something like that. But this, the latest, the latest batch that just came out, and like Daily Mail and whole bunch of other places covered it, was just more about his his um, his internet browsing history, all of his his porn uh, creation and consumption sending uh, apparently sending porn links to somebody that is stored in his phone under the name dad. Oh, god. so um, yeah, but so this is just something more coming out. I just don't know. um, I don't know if you, you've seen anything else. Obviously this is just more so of the, I don't know the the gossip worthy aspect of things and not so much the transnational crime or uh, human trafficking part of it. Um, So it's starting to, I'm starting to wonder what, what the, what these dives into the laptop are are turning into. We know he's a degenerate um, and, and to a degree.
1: I have a hard time with the data. I don't know which copy of it it is or what. I don't know. Like that's my issue with it. Like, is yeah. it all real? Is it all real? Is it verified? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: Well, well, well. These, these. I, I mean, I only go from the outlets that I, I would have to give a little bit more trust than others that they would, like Daily Mail and things. Oh, okay. I okay.
1: Would,
2: yeah, I, I wait for for that. But you know, the most important thing is the the real transnational crime. Uh, and all we're getting is porn habits, which. You know what? It's twenty. It's the twenty-first century. You'd be hard pressed to, to find somebody who never looked at porn on their computer before. So if we're gonna play that game, then it's, everybody uh, is. It's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit a little bit dicey in the years to come. Which you know, I know that this is this is in particular his plight is because he's a drug addict and he made very stupid decisions and left a physical a physical um, drive or multiple with computer repair people and never wanted to pick it up. So it's not even like uh, it all was of your. or something. Right. But I saw this the other day. Tell me what you think about this. Because someone was talking. Uh, I saw a, a post. They said, hey, I'm a Trump supporter. But whatever I think of Biden or his son, I don't like the idea of someone having complete access to a person's personal life like that. And especially not to publish it. Uh, if they will do that to him, they will do it to you. Once, once again, like I said, it wasn't a hack. It wasn't like an internet service provider is just you know doing a drop on you. Um, and and there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of nuance to that situation there too. But the response I saw was a little was a little uh, perturbing and troubling. I want you, to, I want to see what you think about it. Don't Someone go. said it's coming. The complete outing of everyone's entire virtual life. Google has a file on you and everyone. All of your web browsing, all of your downloads going back more than a decade. So soon you will have no more online anonymity. You will have a digital web ID and social credit score and that file on you will be available to anyone and everyone. You absolutely right now and henceforth have to start living your life like you are being watched, recorded, monitored, tracked 24 seven because you are and ultimately eventually your history will become publicly available. I say this because there are at least two paths that lead here. Number one is the reformation path and the right-hand path, where people get disgusted with modernity. And so to end the filth and corruption, there is a mutual and comprehensive transparency for everyone with no anonymity, with the everyone transparent. The pedos, the pervs are outed and brought to heel before uh, and people start to live responsibly, knowing they cannot keep digital secrets. We get closer to this outcome with every pedo arrest. But the other is a left-hand path where the humanist totalitarian government invokes a social credit score, and part of that is a sexuality component to make sure nobody is getting something others aren't getting. Everything, so to speak, will be acceptable with no such thing as perversion, and your fix, whatever it is, will be rationed to you and everyone else by the -the eye-in-the-sky supercomputer. It is the whole everyone-belongs-to-everyone philosophy of Huxley's Brave New World. Either way, your days of anonymity on the net and in life are ending. You may have a couple of years, maybe five, but you'd better start living like nothing you do is a secret. And you may have to answer for it someday. Interesting. What do you think about that? That's scary as shit.
1: I know it is. It's interesting because I just sit here thinking there's no way the left is going to outlaw depravity. There's just no way that they look at a gay pride parade. They thrive on depravity. That's all they have is depravity.
2: The gay pride parade is when your Internet history comes to life.
1: Seriously, I'm sitting here looking (laughs) at some of this stuff. I'm like, people are taking their kids to these things. And we talked about this every year. We talk about it every year. They've got people, men crawling around on leashes like, okay, is 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 gay is gay sexuality just equivalent to all kinds of crazy BDSM nutso kink? Is it always like, or is it? Are we talking about love, guys? No,
2: they, 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 that's that is the most offensive part of the whole thing, which is why I really do think it's it, it has to be making an impact because the the have you seen some of these flags?
1: It, be more specific.
2: Well, for for example, let me let me show you where the hell is it? Is this? Uh, I gotta, I have to. Oh, okay, let me give this link to you. Here is a link. The Brooklyn Nets, Tracy. I'm going to send it to you in the Skype chat. Where the hell is it? Skype chat. Boom. Look at this. What the Brooklyn Nets tweeted out yesterday. What the is this? I don't know. It is a it's a it's a patchwork quilt of all different blocks of stripes, things that don't go together, random circles and shapes. It is so. It's. I, I mean. It's like looking into a kaleidoscope, and this makes sense to some. And I, I say, you know, it's actually pretty appropriate for where this militant political organization, LGBTQ trademark TM, has gone. This is a, a, a corporate movement. It has nothing to do with uh, representing gay people. This is a militant movement, I, I- and, and it's so appropriate with how fragmented – it is because it represents the most metaphysically distressed population of people that can't see what they have been ensnared inside of. It's incredible. Do
1: Do you want I, I shared yesterday, Laura Loomer sent me an ad that she had uh, somebody had made for her, an organization had made for her that I think is poignant to play right now, given what we're talking about. And I think maybe we will, shall we?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. It, take Take a look at it. Uh, and, and just to finish that point. Yeah. Like like you said, it, it's it's offensive and it should be more and more offensive for anybody out there who uh, happens to be a gay man or woman living in the United States and otherwise just wants to be left alone to 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 carry on without calling attention to themselves by doing somersaults down a street with dildos hanging all over you. Because <laughs> the, the, the fact that the, the fact that this is this is being said that we are representing, that we are fighting on your behalf. Yeah, I would, you should be, get the hell away from me. I mean, this is, uh, it, it should be, because there's. they have to continue to progress. If they stay stagnant, they themselves will become oppressive to some other form of of confusion that is gonna pop up, some other brand of confusion that'll pop up and become popular in the next couple of years. Uh, this has to be the downfall themselves. It's just that they can't help themselves. How many
1: more squares are you going to add to this damn thing?
2: I don't know. And it's just <laughs>
1: like looking at it. Like what the. Frick?
2: Yeah. And the thing that every stripe means something to these people that are part of this, this corporate nightmare. It's, it's, it's uh, horrendous.
1: It's terrible. I mean, yeah. I, I bet you the original, the original, um, uh, People that fought for this are disgusted.
2: Uh eh, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't go to the original. The originals are not too, Harry Hay, all you gotta do is look Harry Hay is considered the the uh the, the father of the modern gay rights movement. And the guy was a member of Nambla, he started the Mattachine Society. Mm. He was a pedophile. I mean this all right, is let's all,
1: say this the normal people.
2: Yeah. yeah who yeah, fought yeah, normal, for this. <laughs> just just people. people, yeah. People who wanted I, I don't know, who who wanted You have to be able to get down to an individual level. That's and I don't know where to where to where to find that. I really don't know where to find that because everything that we know on the books, everybody that is controlling this chapter of history and 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 helping to evolve this particular uh, political movement is it's as it's as uh, muddled and as contrived as anything else that it doesn't have to do with sexuality. We're getting this from all over the place, and remember, it's not the most of the degenerates I know are heterosexual. All right, so it it is not even about pitting everybody against each other and trying to to bring some new form of of uh, of harassment and normalizing any of that stuff. And it's not about that at all. It's it's particular movements, and they hide behind they hide behind these these flags the thing that think they they can they can keep you in line and well, get what they want. So
1: that um that topic, this topic along with the social credit score is all looped up into this really good it's a, it's about almost 2 minutes long. We'll play this and then we'll we'll do our closing for the day. But it just I loved this ad. I really loved it.
0: Facebook, Twitter, and the tech giants all want us to live in a place called Rainbow Land. Rainbow Land, where we all robotically smile for the camera, post our selfies, and pretend the world is happy and bright.
5: Please come with me to Rainbow
3: Land, where unicorns are made of fudge and cotton candy. And everything is free.
0: But in Rainbow Land, there's no dissent, no debate on America's challenges. Because, after all, the advertisers who fund Rainbow Land with billions of dollars only want their products shown next to smiling babies, vacation selfies, and those cute little puppies. In Rainbow Land, every action you take is tracked, scored, and used against you. And if when your score drops low enough, you. Yes, you, will be censored or even thrown out of Rainbow Land. It's happened to her, him, and even small businesses. Do you want to live in a world that wants to control your thoughts, your actions?
5: I do not want to live in Rainbowland, and you can't make me live!
0: This is America, and we can fight back. Laura Loomer is running for Congress, and she will fight to stop big tech control. She's been banned from Facebook, Twitter, PayPal, Uber, and more. They even shut down her bank account, all because she stood up to Silicon Valley billionaires. On August 23rd, send a fighter to Washington that big tech fears. Vote for Laura Loomer in the Florida Republican primary. American Liberty Fund is
2: Nice.
1: Fantastic ad. I mean, she sent it to me. She's like, hey, if you like this, will you help me share it? I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I will. I mean, Rainbow Rainbow Land. I mean, th- and, and every- it's
2: not even a rainbow anymore.
1: No, it's not. And you know what? Everybody below in the in when I posted it on truth, they were all like, hey, they stole the rainbow from us. OK, <laughs> like <laughs> they stole our rainbow. They were mad Took about it. that.
2: I know. I know. How do you co-opt the rainbow? Such a wonderful, beautiful, natural phenomenon. And they just took it.
1: They took it. And we let them, Frank. We let them take the rainbow.
2: Yeah. Not taste
1: the rainbow like Skittles. Take the rainbow. Took it all. (laughs) This was a good one. Thank you for joining me today.
2: Oh, I'm happy to be here.
1: Um, You have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with
2: Rainy Val and
1: Sunny Sunny Beans. Make sure to support our sponsor, ExpressVPN, and you can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and on radioinfluence.com. Until Monday,
2: later.
0: This is an MMA
5: report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan quick fix on Radio Influence. This week starts a 12 straight week run of the UFC starting this Saturday night with UFC fight night Volkov versus Rosenstruck and then all the way till August the 20th UFC. 278. So we have got three or four, excuse me, four pay per views in this time stretch. The rest of them all fight night cards. So, one of the things I brought to Daniel, I said, let's talk about some of the fight night main events that interest us the most. And I mean, look, Daniel, I mean, you look at some of these main events, man. There's some great main events out there. I mean, you talk about on June the 18th, Calvin Cater and Josh Emmett there. In Austin, then you go down to July the 16th. You got Ortega and Rodriguez in front of fans there in Long Island. The week before that, you got RDA and Rafael Fiziev. Uh, after Ortega and Rodriguez, you got Blades and Aspinall. I mean, like, these are all great matchups. Like, if I, you sit there and say, "Hey, if I was going to label my number one fight, just because, man, I think this has got violence written all over it, I don't know if this is going to be your answer. I'm gonna go Calvin Cater Josh Emmon.
0: The MMA report with Jason Floyd can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and RadioInfluence.com.